0: And that anyway. was politics now, Derek Aye. and Dave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we will move on and we'll go down the tunnel and into the park. No, we're onto the park. Onto into the, the pitch. Park. Onto the pitch.
0: We'll, we'll go Do and... <laughs> you see the, the big news tonight? The, the Pope is now no longer attending Scotland for COP26.
1: I've seen that, yes, Dave, yeah.
0: Did you you see that? Now, before we go anywhere, there's there's not going to be anything to do with religion (laughs) here on this uh, this podcast at all, but the one thing that I did think about is, do you think, you know, that they've got a note in the Vatican to say, right, past Pope's visit in Scotland, and when the Pope last came to Scotland, do you think they've got a big red mark going through because the two people that they rolled it to meet the pop on the stage were Su- Susan Boyle and Michelle McManus? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wonder he's not coming. Do you know what I mean? No wonder. How would they come to Scotland if I was, who was meeting me on stage? Here. Dave, <laughs> Sorry,
1: Dave. See, see, Dave knows fine well that <laughs> that I had two of their songs on my iPod one time. So. <laughs>
0: Oh this
1: time
0: And they just happened to be the two people <laughs> That were lined up to meet the Pope the last time <coughs> Excuse me
1: sorry, Highly Derek, regarded Dad. singers Dave
0: Highly regarded singers <laughs> I actually felt sorry for the Pope to be perfectly <laughs> honest <with you. laughs> Anyway Derek oh. let's, uh, let's get back to more uh, to, to more
1: important matters here, L- like actual football on a football <laughs> podcast, Dave. <laughs> They're getting themselves in a fuddle with it. So a fuddle is that even a, a fuddle? Word? A muddle. A muddle. A muddle. <laughs>
0: muddle
1: yeah, fuddle. <laughs> <laughs> the sponsorship geo... Sponsorship. Can't say that. Sponsor. Sponsor.
0: Sponsor. Sponsor. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> lawyer says man who stole viagra is not a hardened criminal (laughs) boom (laughs) boom
2: and the stadium erupts in red white and blue you've never seen anything like it let's go Manchester brace yourself rages are coming
1: Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the I podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing, Dave?
0: I'm, I'm getting I'm much better, Derek. I was a wee bit ill at the start of the week there. I had a bit of man flu, but thankfully I'm feeling a lot better now. And coming on in, an in, international break this week as well, so we've not even got, got the Rangers game to, uh, to look forward to. But we've got a lot to talk about in uh, a couple of big games that we've had over the last few weeks, haven't we?
1: I certainly do, but Dave, don't gloss over the international break Because you're getting a, a nice wee, wee earner there, aren't
0: you? I certainly am I've uh, <laughs> I always said, you, you know Derek, we don't talk about international football You know I always cheer on Scotland I've not been to actually pay and watch a Scotland game for a long time But I have been offered the chance of uh, hospitality for tomorrow So I'm certainly not going to turn that one down So uh, I'll go and uh, try and enjoy the, the, the occasion I'm not... I've not got much hopes on an actual quality performance or great game of football that I'm going to watch but I'll go and try and uh, I'll uh, I'm go and enjoy the occasion and the day anyway uh, going, going with a good friend and I'm getting to take my son as well so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to that one Derek
1: well, Dave would slip on shite and still <laughs> come out to me on roses <laughs>
0: That's me mate, that's
1: me Yes, so before I get any more jealous of that one We'll go down the tunnel and onto the pitch So the first game we've got to cover is on Wednesday the 22nd of September. It was a 2-0 win at home against Livingston in the League Cup quarterfinal. Six changes from the previous Motherwell game. We lined up McLaughlin, Patterson, Goldson, Balagan, Bassey, Arebo, Lundstrom, Kamara, Ruth, Morales, and Wright. On the subs bench we have McGregor, Tavernier, Hadji, Davis, Barker, Bakuna, Sakala, Barisic and Arfield. So in the first half it was a dismal first half, really. As much as McLaughlin had nothing to do, we had the bulk of the play and we had a few chances, arguably half chances at that. Again, not playing with enough urgency or pace, no spark or forward thinking play. Again, the final third had been posted missing a couple of Morales chances aside. Aribo lacking energy, and if you didn't look at the starting lineup, you wouldn't have even known that Roof was playing, would you have?
0: Derek, I'm maybe the wrong person to ask (laughs) about Kamar Ruf, you know. uh, (laughs) I try not to be critical of the guy and I've had so much flack from other Rangers fans out there when I've I've brought this up. He has scored a lot of goals for us, a, a lot of incredible goals, but I think that there are huge periods of the game where, as you've just said, Completely missing or just looks lacking, and then you know, all of a sudden he can come back and look fantastic, i.e., like he did with we hammered ticket, you know, that at the end of the season last season. Ibrox, he looked absolutely world class, but I, I don't know. I'm still, I keep saying this, and it's, it's a season on, the jury's still out for me with him, but he was in particular extremely quiet. I think we had both texted each other to say that as well, but quite rightly, as, as you said, Derek, he wasn't the only one. We were looking for, for even just one person to give us a wee bit of spark, weren't we? And there was just absolutely nothing in that game. It was all extremely lackadaisical and just just was, wasn't it great to watch and seemed very, very frustrating for us to watch as well, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. I mean our best chance probably came on the 34th minute. It was a lovely move working the ball into the box with a lovely pass from Patterson through the defence to the right side of the box for Morelos who has a shot and it was cleared off the line and that's as close as we got really yep. all game. As I said a couple of other half chances aside it was really a, a dismal first half. Yep. Second half though. It was a complete contrast because the team must have had a rocket at half time as it was much better credit to the manager who must have realized it was needing an injection of pace and spark as at half time hadji came on for right I'd have taken a rebo off personally, but who am I it, and it clearly made a huge difference as he was involved yeah. straight away with us getting a goal on the forty seventh minute and it was that player who Dave you were just talking about him roof scored. <laughs> I know exactly. Yep. <laughs> Lundstrom won the ball in midfield. A pass to Morellis on the edge of the box. A quick pass to Roof, who feeds it to Hadji on the right side of the box. Gets it to the touchline. Holds up the ball. Threads it through the tight defence on the deck. And Roof only had to tap it in the net. As much as Roof scored the goal, I think it was Hadji was instrumental in that. Yeah. That how that vision and the accuracy to get the ball through that packed defence here was outstanding.
0: Yeah, it was. You you could see Derek. I think the the boy's been desperate to get back in and get back playing as well. We were needing that wee spark. Just just like I said, it certainly looked as if he was you, you know was going to get that for us as soon as he came on because the whole attitude of the team completely changed. And I was sitting there watching the game. I said to my son. If Ruth scores, I'll never slag him off again. (laughs) And then then that happened. eh? But but like I said, he's very frustrating to watch Derek because sometimes I look at him and I think, yeah, fantastic, great player. And and other times I look at him and I think, you know, you're just, you're no suited to this type of football, you know. And then you'll make me change my mind every single game that I watch him, Derek. That's what is frustrating about him. I think I need, uh, you know, a string of games where he's he, he's, you know, been consistent for us and scoring goals and stuff for us, you know, over you know four, four and five games, you know, I think before I might ch- change my mind about him. But certainly great to get the goal, the, the early goal in the second half at that point.
1: Yep, absolutely On the 51st minute Balogun had a a glancing header Just by the post On the 52nd minute It was a claim for a handball Hadji with a cross in from the right Morelos flicks the ball up And it appears to come off the arm of the defender In the box Mm -hmm. Certainly a claim But nothing was given As per usual this season so far 57th minute Morelis intercepts the ball from a bad pass out from the defender surpassed the roof on the right who was in space and has a shot from the edge of the box but the keeper save it was a decent effort I think a lot of people criticise roof for his, his finish there he probably had too much time but felt it was a decent effort anyway
0: the attack of the Kenny Millers there Dennis, I think that's <laughs> yeah. what, what, what it was you know if it was a split setting reaction they'd have probably scored but as you say maybe a, a, a wee bit too much time in his hands for him to, to actually think about what he was going to do and stuff like that instead it in reaction
1: yeah. Just after that 60 second minute Patterson came off and Tavernier on and a minute later we went 2-0 up with Morelis scoring an absolute howler by the Livingston keeper as the ball was passed back to him he tried to pass it out but mis-kicked it into the path of Morella, who controls it switched to his other side and hit the ball in the back of the net, however doesn't really tell the full story because he'd taken an age to get the shot off and you just thought oh he's going to miss this, he's going to miss this but fortunately he showed enough composure and he, he scored it
0: He did, it was was great to see Derek, I was exactly like you Because as soon as the ball fell to you, were just like, hit it straight away, hit it straight away (laughs) And when he took the first touch, it gave the defender time to sort of steady himself And I thought, oh no, that's it, but fair play eh, to Morelos He he switched it to his other foot and fired it past the goalkeeper Great finish, great goal and great timing for him, I think Derek Because he's another one that's been desperately needing a goal there So absolutely delighted for him
1: Yes, 70th minute, Morales came off and Bakuna came on, 75th minute it was a corner run from the right from Tavernier Goldson gets a good head to direct it to the bottom right corner and the keeper makes a great dive and save, uh, more or less on the line to keep it out and uh, that was probably the last Main chance of the game yep. Made a couple of subs in, A couple of minutes later Arebo on a roof off And field and Sakala on And we saw the game Out comfortably So yep. what could have been A difficult game it Shouldn't have really been considered. we're at home It's normally the, the Livingston away We have problems um, But comfortably Into the, the semi-final And it turns out We're playing Hibs Which we'll, we'll Obviously get on to How difficult that might be But good to get Into another semi-final We need Definitely. to press on We need to yep. get this trophy In the bag early doors
0: Definitely Derek Just even to get to a final and and take it from there, you know a big occasion for the fans to to, to go to E C C as in a cup final again after you know all this time. So absolutely d- delighted by that. Not taking anything for granted. Like what you said, Derek, it's going to be a difficult game, but uh, just pleased we're there. Pleased that we got through and you know two two players that I think we were starting desperate for goals managed to get the goals in the end. Yes.
1: So it leads us on to the next game which was Saturday the 25th of September It was away against Dundee, it was a 1-0 win and it was in the Premiership Controversy though before the game because Lee Griffiths in Dundee's previous game against St Johnson bloated a flare back into the crowd that had been thrown onto the park, not at him as what some people were trying to claim <laughs> He's had a subsequent police charge for reckless endangerment and an SFA charge as well but it left him free to play against us quite typically, so you knew he was going to get abuse from minute one and quite Rightly. So there was two changes from the Livingston game. Probably the first time this season we've actually made so few changes between games.
0: Yes, it was. Yep. I think that was something that you spoke about in the last pod that we had, Derek. You were looking for some more sort of stability in our starting lineups because, you know, I think you were concerned about the, the vast amount of changes that you know the, the gaffer was making for these games. So you got you got your wish or just just about anyway.
1: <laughs> just about aye. aye. So we lined up McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, Balogun, Bassey, Lundstrom, Kamara, Aribo, Roof, Haji, and Morelos on the subs bench with McGregor, Davis, Patterson, Wright, Bakuna, Sakala and Barisic. So the first half, it was a very scrappy and pedestrian performance despite being 1-0 up, having lots of possession, but it's an usual situation when it comes to the final third. Granted, yeah. we're trying to be a little more inventive at times. On the whole, though, we're still trying to find the perfect angle. That said, Dundee were being as compact as you would expect Their Their keeper had nothing to do At the back for us, we have been a bit suspect Had Dundee had a proper striker, then they may have had a couple of goals Dundee's best chance came on the 13th minute It was a long ball into our box from the right A free header from six yards out by their attacker Into the ground and gathered by McLaughlin at the second attempt was right at McLaughlin and to be honest it would probably go down as a bad miss but once again it's another long ball played into the back of your defence how many times do we need to keep getting caught out with that Um, which we'll obviously get into as well yes our goal, though, was only a few minutes after that. It was on the 17th minute, and it was Aribo scoring. More pressure and possession in the Dundee half. Tavenier gets the ball on the right side, passes on the deck to Morelos in the centre of the edge of the box. A lovely first-time dink by Morelos to Aribo, who gets the ball on the box on the, right, on the right-hand side, and Aribo passes it into the back of the net. Just a great all-round goal from, from the team there.
0: Yeah, it was. And again, a player, Derek, that we spoke about had a poor game. The game before a reboot, just great, great for him to get past it because that's the, the the type of things that we know he can do. He's not just you know off skill. A reboot has link up play, and you know some of the finishes that he's done. You know his last season, especially, we know that he can do that. So absolutely delighted He's you a great team goal and a fantastic finish for him. As cool as you like.
1: Yep, another dangerous chance for Dundee he came on the twenty-third minute. It was another. It was a long free kick by them to our back post, knocked away from the edge of the box, but only finds Griffiths, who has a volley. Was going towards the bottom right corner, but a dive and save from McLaughlin. Had it been with a wee bit more pace, then it would have been a lot more dangerous and might have might have been a goal. After that. There was a couple of saves from the Dundee keeper to put out for the corner. However, nothing too dangerous. And then, surprisingly, on the 30th minute, Griffiths came off and Cummings came on. So, I don't know. There was been nothing, no talk about him being picked up a knock or anything like that. I know he was getting a hell of a lot of abuse throughout the game. But, you know, that's what he's going to have to put up with when he does the actions on and off the field, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly, Derek. Exactly.
1: Yeah, And it had to be Jason Cummings that came on for him, (laughs) didn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know, I thought that as well. Which again, we'll get into in a wee while <laughs> with what, what happened to Jason Cummings.
1: So yeah, so in the second half, more or less a repeat of the first half, with the difference being Dundee missed a penalty again. We were kind of it looked as if we were treating the the game like a training session with no urgency, no inventiveness, a lack of willingness to kill the tie off. We'd done enough to get to the final third We had a lot of possession And then, story of our season We'd done nothing with it in that final third The best chance came on the 55th minute It was a corner in from the left The keeper pushed it away at the far post To prevent it going in Only as far as Goldson at the touchline Who passes it to Lundström at the edge of the box Who took a touch and had a curler And it was saved by the keeper A really good effort Lundström now coming into a game isn't he We'll, We'll see it in the next couple of games as well But this is the game he really started to turn it on And show what he was signed for
0: uh, yeah, we'll get into the the, the the last game we had, Derek, because I have been very critical of the guy. And, and I do try not to be critical of the player, Derek. I know it doesn't sound like that. But we'll get into it on, on, on after the last game because he really changed my mind, especially in the, in, in the final game that we're going to be covering here.
1: Yeah. And then the moment that we, we dreaded, and it's the three words you hate to hear, penalty to Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on the 58th minute, the ball was played up to the Dundee attacker. Again, a long ball. Gets the goal side of Goldson. A half-hearted attempt to get the ball. McLaughlin comes out, dives at the attacker's feet and takes the player out. It was a clear penalty and a yes. yellow card for the keeper. No issues with the penalty whatsoever, it was a clear penalty, he did take him out. It did draw debate though, because the usual suspects claim it should have been a red card rather than a yellow card. Well, just because you don't like the rules doesn't mean the rules would be meant for you. It was clear as day, McLaughlin attempted to get the ball. Yes. And that means because he attempted to get the ball, it was a yellow card and not a red card. The whole irony of the situation about the usual suspects uh, claiming that it should have been a red is that the very next day, I think it was Starfelt for Celtic, should have been sent off and a penalty given for a clear foul in the box. There was no attempt to go for the ball and he didn't even get a red. He didn't even get a yellow. It wasn't even a foul against them. That's how bad that refereeing decision was. And then these arseholes in the media have got a cheek to to claim otherwise for us. Unbelievable, Dave, wasn't it?
0: Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's really not. It's, it, it was, it was at the, you know, a, a decision that that went for Rangers. I'll say went for Rangers. I think if the what happened after the penalty was given, if that had went that differently, there wouldn't have been as much said about it. I think you know it, it would have been left at that. But I'll, I'll I'll let you get into what happened once the penalty was struck.
1: So a minute later, the things you love to hear. Dundee missed the penalty Jason Cummins steps up You thought he was going to score it to be honest He puts the ball down the middle McLaughlin saves with his legs The ball went up in the air He got up, he tried to punch it away But it goes in the air again And he manages to gather the ball So
0: it's a Masonic conspiracy
1: <laughs> Agent Cummins, you can return that's it
0: a, Yep, exactly <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's what I was hearing Derek That's, a, that's a, some of the stuff I was hearing and if Griffiths had still been on the park, he'd have fired it at the top corner. And all of this, <laughs> all of this nonsense, Derek. So no, no, I've 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 heard it all. It's all to do with Jason Cummings being a Rangers fan and it playing for Rangers at one stage and 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 all that. But again, if he'd have scored that, Derek, the media wouldn't have been such a frenzy about McLaughlin should have been sent off and all of that. They'd all been happy that they'd been one one and would have probably have dropped points at that stage. That's basically what it comes down to.
1: Pretty much, yeah. And another thing about the the penalty miss, had they had scored that there, I didn't see anything in the, the rest of the game that we would have actually came back and, and pulled another goal back no, and, and no. got a second goal from that because, again, we were woeful. The only thing I've yes. got here... As we made a few substitutions over the over the course of the rest of the game. Morelis off for Sakala, Hadji off for right, and Roof off and Bakuna on. So that's really the, the only things I've got in the rest of the game. Apart from right at the end, after the final whistle, the Dundee manager got sent off for remonstrating with the ref. I don't know what it was about. I think he was still moaning the fact that he, he believed that McLaughlin should have been sent off. But again, th- those are not the rules. So there you go.
0: It was a poor performance, Derek. I always try to be as optimistic as I possibly can any time that Rangers win. I think just because we've been through so much over the last few, few years, you know, that we usually take anything. Last season, we were annihilating teams, playing absolutely fantastic football, stuff like that. It's not happened this season so far, we keep saying it, that we're looking for a performance, we're looking per- for a performance, you know, a, a dominating per- performance to beat a team, it's not happening, but we're still winning, and this is, this is the one positive that I'm trying to keep, Derek, is the fact that we are still winning, we are still top top of the league, but the actual performance is not there, but this, uh, willingness to win And grind out results Is there Derek And that's fantastic That is fantastic It's just the only Disappointing thing Is that we're not You know Putting these Dominating performances in But I will take The three points Any day of the week Yes
1: So the next game We've got to cover Is Thursday the 30th of September It was a 1-0 loss Away against Sparta Prague In the Europa League Group A game 2 so before we get into the actual game proper, obviously we've got to cover cover this here and it was the notable booing of Kamara and most of our other black players every time that they got the ball. And also the fact that there were signs praising Cadella and uh, from what David Edgar said uh, is the fact that folk in the stadium heard further racist comments made against our black players and particularly Kamara as well. Now bearing in mind that the crowd shouldn't have even been there in the first place because Sparta Prague were meant to be serving a stadium closure for, guess what, racist behaviour in a previous game last year. However, UEFA, in their weird wisdom, allowed a group of basically school children I think it was up to age 14, round about 10,000 into the stadium. Now, it was clear that it was never always going to be just kids because you would need to have to have adults there as well. So I don't know how many adults got in on on that one there. Obviously, on the back of that, uh, through his lawyer, Amir Anwar, Kamara had to turn his phone off due to the constant racist abuse he was getting after the game as well. But there seems to be a pattern falling here because I'm going to read a bunch of statements out here from government officials and also Sparta Prague, which is is just absolutely mind-boggling how they think that this is justifiable and they can get away with it. But statement, no, from Sparta Prague... After the game was We contributed to Rangers FC Feeling as safe as possible During their stay in the Czech Republic We were involved in ensuring Their protection together With the security forces of the state And we took steps That went far beyond The standard procedures For organising international matches Well for a start Why do you have to do that? because it's quite clearly that there was going to be issues I think there Yes, it's absolutely unbelievable that after the match we've had to watch innocent children being attacked and face unfounded (coughs) accusations of racism insulting children on the internet and the media is unacceptable desperate and ridiculous our club will proudly defend our children our future and our pride slandering children on the internet is extremely cowardly We are seeing unprecedented xenophobic statements against the Czech Republic, its citizens and even its children on social medias. You are describing the behaviour of children incorrectly, arrogating to yourself the the right to judge or the expression of emotions of a six-year-old children who have no idea what racism is. It's impertinence. Sadly, we have to read the desperate attacks of lawyer Amir Anwar, who goes beyond what a lawyer should be allowed to do. In the Czech environment, his conduct would have been dealt with by the Bar Association by now. His activism and online bullying should be dealt with by the relevant institution in Scotland, inciting xenophobic tendencies and verbal attacks on defenseless children are beyond the pale of morality oh. and decorum. Finally on, beh- on behalf of the club's board, players, coaches, and all staff, we would like to thank the children for a wonderful and unique atmosphere. Thank you, we love you Where do you start with that, Dave?:
0: Quite incredible.
1: <laughs> the but,
0: crowd. I mean, I'm I'm laughing, Derek, but I, sh- I shouldn't be. That is, it is, it's like as clear denial as you could possibly get when it was plain for everybody that could hear exactly what was going on. As you see the the signs that there's just that the, some of them were holding, defending Cadella. We we stand with Cadella. Absolutely incredible, Derek. I mean, that is unbelievable.
1: I mean, this has not just come from Rangers fans. This has not just come from Rangers social media. This has come from prominent sportsmen, prominent media journalists, well respected journalists and sports people that they heard it and they're condemning it and they know what it's all about. Yes, absolutely. Booing inherently is not. Racist, and that is not the the booing is not the issue, it's the intent behind it. Like all racist language, doesn't maybe start off as racist, however, the intent it's used in. And we, we all know why that Kamara was getting booed, we all know why the, the other black players in the team were getting booed. Why were our white players not getting booed the same then? I mean, I had some absolute fucking idiot online, obviously a Czechs fan, claim that it's because Kamara's a liar <laughs> for, because he claimed that he never hit him. well. Right, as I said, I would fucking lamp someone as well if they were racist against me. And the boy turned around and said, well, so would I. So what's his issue there? Sparta Prague also went on to claim that the match delegate is on their side as well, as it states in the match report. Well, two teams get the same match report, and that's not what's coming out from our end. Yep. And this is where it gets to be more sinister and a clear issue for the Czech people and the the government as a whole, because it's clear that it's institutionalised racism now because the Czech foreign minister and Czech prime minister are weeding in on this as well. So the Czech foreign minister on Twitter, to his 11,000 followers said, enough, internationally spread disgusting insults of Czech children in the media and on the internet do not belong in football and not in good relations between the two countries at all. I will summon the British ambassador on Monday and resolve the matter with him. He then went on because uh, Marvin Bartley of Livingston got involved mm-hmm. as well. And quite rightly, everything he said was absolutely spot on. Uh, Marvin Bartley gave support to Kamara, saying that he's not surprised. He doesn't blame the children, but what chance do they have when they're placed in a bowl of rotten fruit? So we all know what the, the kind of analogy is there. And the, the foreign minister wanted uh, the SFA and Bartley to apologise. Just fuck off with that. No. Seriously. And then the Czech Prime Minister got involved as well, saying, is the world still normal? I have read what the Scots and their media stated after the Sparta versus Rangers game. It's very sad for me. Will every cheer at football be associated with skin colour? Are we going to let our children be insulted? I agree with my foreign minister, who has summoned the British ambassador. So he's, again, this is the Prime Minister of the Czech Republic, firstly getting the whole thing wrong, because it's not Scots and their media. This came from... You know European wide media that have picked on this is not just Scottish media or Scottish people that have, that have said this, so this is where the issue is country wide for them and what where do we where do we go from here with this? I mean UEFA have opened up an investigation, so but forgive my skepticism in it, but I can see absolutely sweet fuck all getting done about this. Sparta were already under a stadium closure, so the next step should be a points deduction and then expulsion from the competition but is that going to happen? No. There's no chance because, to hell that's going to no,
0: happen. I, I, absolutely not, uh, Derek. Because, look, I mean, uh, I'm not saying that one act of racism is worse than another, but when you look at actually what happened in the match against Slavia Prague, we you know, when, when this all kicked off, you know, we can say what we want about p- players being banned and, uh, and stuff like that, but everything that happened after that as well... There was nothing happened there, you know. There was fans got got away with it, and it's it's continued from that game as well. So I won't hold my breath to think that anything's going to happen from there either, because you know they they went out and they banned they banned the player. That was it. But you know everything. I mean, we saw some absolutely disgusting things that were getting posted online and. Like I've just said there, it's just continued from there. I bet you if you were to go and ask Kamar Roof or Glenn Kamara or any of the other black Rangers players, are they still getting constant uh, racist things sent to them in social media? I, I, I bet you they would all say yes. And it's all, you know, ever since that game, you know, that, that that's when it's really made things boil over. And to go and hear what went on... And as you said, Derek, seeing these signs as well, I mean, that is just... There's no, there's no excuse for that. There is no defending that, is there? It's just absolutely disgraceful. I
1: mean, is. Like we we got some some messages on our feed after yeah. I posted the post match and talking about co- our colonialism and you know how dared you British people ra- uh, lecture anybody else on uh, racism when you invaded other countries. I mean, what the fuck has that got to do with racism in twenty twenty one? It's a completely different time. Most of the world were run by slaves back then, and that's an entirely different situation. And it was seen acceptable then, and it's an entirely different conversation. None to do with racism in twenty twenty one in a. Football context either, so they're trying to defend it, and it's
0: it's incredible. And
1: they're, they're trying to equate what what roof the, the accidental foul. It was a bad foul. Yeah. they got banned for it for four yep. games for it yep. more than any other player has ever done for a, a, an accidental foul like that. They're trying to equate that to the same as and and try to justify the racism by saying Derek, oh, he was a violent they, person.
0: They were making out that the roof challenge was worse. Aye involved. They were making out that that is worse. That was what they were coming But I mean, I got involved in a lot of heated discussions on social media with uh, supporters for the Czech Republic and not one of them would turn around at any stage except the fact that the the racist behaviour happened and all that they could come back with was it still wasn't as bad as what uh, your thug roof done to your goalkeeper, and I was I was absolutely stunned by that. And that's what they were all coming coming back with. They were making out what you exactly what you said accidental collision with a goalkeeper is worse than a player being racially abused on the field. And if that is what they genuinely think is worse, then we're in a lot of trouble, Derek. We really are.
1: I mean, as I said, it, it leads back to the fact that the only way this will get sorted out is expulsion. But we'll, we'll wait and see what UEFA turn out with. I don't expect it very much and well, it's just going to rumble on as well because yeah. they, they're refusing to do anything about it. However, into the game, we made five changes from the game against Dundee there. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Balogun, Bassey, Barisic, Bakuna, Davis, Kamara, Aribo, Roof, and Sakala. On the subs bench were McLaughlin, McCrory, Hadji, Lundstrom, Patterson, Morellis, Wright, Kelly, Arfield, and McLean. So obviously a bit of a trouble, a bit of troublesome in the back line, wasn't it, Dave?
0: Yes, it was, Derek, and that's a, a huge blow. And I know there's been a lot of people saying, or oh, Goulson's no exactly been the, the, the player that it was last season, but. Has any player been as good as they were last season, Terek? Do you know what I mean? I think the, the, the guy gets a lot of unfair criticism. I think he's a fantastic player. I think, obviously, him and Hellander are a, a top-notch pairing at the back. Hit Hellander out injured. Then him going out. Thankfully, we do have, have Balligan in there. But with him going out, that was, was really stretched at the back. It meant putting Calvin Bassey back at centre-half. Which we've never seen him play centre half. I was told by quite a few people, "Oh no, he is a, you know he can play centre half well, or he can play at left back." We've never seen him play, especially in such a big game, Derek at such a high level. I was worried about this game when I saw that happening, and as you say, so many changes into the team, especially. You know, I'm not the manager, Derek. A huge change like that in your back four. To play a player in there that's not used to playing in there, to suddenly change all the players all round about him as well completely as you say five changes. It was just it just appeared to me as if we were. I don't know. I I just I, I feared the worst because I thought surely he's got he's going to have to stick to the team that played in the last game, regardless how poor we played, just for some familiarity in there with the fact that Bassie's playing at the back and it wasn't to be the team was completely changed up and I'll let you get into what happened next
1: yeah so in the first half it was largely a performance we've seen all season so far started off bright enough in the first five minutes with quick one touch play and it was quickly replaced by turgid pedestrian play interspersed with fleeting moments of good play Sparta had the best chance early on on the 10th minute when it was a quick break by them, Bassi slips in the box, the attacker creates space for himself and shoots just outside the box. It's a stunning save from McGregor to put the ball out for a corner. On a few occasions we did get forward, it was good one-touch play but we either ran out of ideas in the final third or the final pass or cross was completely wayward. Our best chance came on the 16th minute, was a corner whipped in from the right by Barisic, knocked away but only back to our player who plays it back to Barisic who again whips the ball in and Eribo has a header which is going goal bound but a header out for another corner. Largely, we matched their play, I would have said. Neither keeper having got a great deal to do. However, Sparta opened the scoring from a set-piece on the 29th minute. It was a corner in from the left, near post header, off the inside of the post and over the line. And McGregor tried to scoop it out, uh, but he couldn't uh, get there in time. Absolutely criminal marking again. He was uh, I thought he was touch-tight on him, but I don't understand it. Plus as well, where was the marking on the post? There should have been yeah. somebody on the back post there, shouldn't there have?
0: We, we usually have all that sorted, Derek, it's basic defending for corners, you know, I, I don't know, for, for a guy, you know, it's a, a big guy to, to to find that space just at the last second, poor marking, just like what you said, and usually there's somebody there just to clear it, we've seen it so, so many times, you know, that's a, usually, uh, you know, what Steve Davis does, you know, when he's there, he's he's on, on that post to, to, clear, to clear the line, but... Absolutely nothing this time. Really disappointing goal. And as you say, Derek, although we weren't playing well, I wouldn't say that Sparta were. You know, all, all over us. It was it was quite level. I didn't. I wasn't that impressed with the way that they were playing either. And just a really really bad goal to lose, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Just criminal. And I don't know what's happened to our defence this season, but the the markings off. It's almost and I think I said this in one of the post-matches, is it's almost like the unfamiliarity with each other, which would be strange, to be honest, but because they're chopping and changing all the time, they yes. it's almost as if they don't know who should be marking who, and they're getting themselves in a muddle over it, so it's something that really, really needs to get sorted out very shortly. However, just after that, on the 38th minute... Our injury woes continued because Bakuna came off injured and Hadji came on. So I know part of these, uh, part of the issue with chopping and changing the team all the time is because of COVID issues and injuries and stuff. It's it's just really great now, and I don't know what's changed. I, we, I know we had quite a few injury issues last year, but we've got a bigger squad this year. But we've got really a second eleven which seems decimated as well now. So
0: I know it's it's true what you said, Derek. At the start of the season, there we were looking. We could like basically field at least three teams with the amount of players that we had for each position, but it shows you what can happen and in- injuries can pile up, you know, very very quickly, and that- that's why you need you need to have a huge squad. And again, a, a huge blow for us uh, not having Golson in there the- because you know who who knows what with- it- would have if if they've been him that they've been in for, for the corner because he's usually so assured when it comes to corners. So a big presence missed. Uh, for us,
1: Derek definitely. But at the same time, though, as Goulton's not been at his at his best form, and I would say neither the neither's the whole team. So none arguably, of the team have no. Yeah, so arguably, it's I wouldn't have said it was as big a loss as what people were making out, but because given I, the fact well, that they never had many chances in the game. So
0: again, though, it's. A guy who's played the most amount of games, Derek, if you're looking for familiarity, you didn't get much more than a man that's played, you know, every single game. I think this is maybe one of the first games that he's actually missed for us. So that's got to be a huge factor for the rest of the team, because the one thing that we would all know or always know for the last couple of seasons is, oh, well, Goldson's at the back. So no, I think I think it was a huge, a huge deal for us, Derek, I really do.
1: Well anyway that's how the the FAF ended obviously looking for a lot more in the second half as as you said I don't think Sparta were were really that great to be honest they were no better than maybe a mid to top level SPFL team to be honest and certainly nowhere near the best team we've played in Europe over the past few years but anyway into the second half Absolutely dire. Straight from the kick-off, Sparta looked as if they wanted to kill the game off. And as you would expect, the 45th minute was a quick break up the the part by Sparta. From a long ball, gets in front of the defence, gets into the box, squares it. The attacker blasts it and hits off the bar and cleared. Living dangerously. And again, the long ball outdoes us.
0: Should have been 2-0 really, Derek, at that stage. That was a, a glaring miss from them. And something that I was hoping was going to give us a bit of a rocket up up our arse as well. You know, a a bit of a wake-up call because they really should have scored that.
1: Yes, well it kind of did in a way Because in the 47th minute, Sakala had the ball in the back of the net from a corner, however He was offside, he seemed to be on the line When the ball was, was kind of taken to him And the, the player was behind him, so Disappointing that there, however A minute later, I was another long ball Up the park by Sparta, gets in front of Defenders again, holds it up, the defenders Regather themselves and the attacker hits a shot But it hits the side netting this time, so again Outdone by the long ball mm-hmm. 56 minutes, Sparta again break down the left side One pass beats the defence they hold it up, switches feet on the edge of the box, hits a shot and a great save by the feet of the feet of McGregor. So there's with really within ten minutes of the second half starting, we could have been another three goals down.
0: Yep, definitely, yeah.
1: Sekella so had a chance, a half chance just after that. A 66 minute roof off and Morellus on. Hadji had a shot from outside the box on the 72nd minute, it was deflected, but a comfortable save for the keeper. And a moment of controversy, because in the 74th minute, Kamara got a red card for his second yellow card defence. And both the yellow cards for me were absolute jokes yep. of decisions. Yep. The first one happened in the first half, I think it was, and he slid in for a tackle on the ground. And his feet were kind of up as, they were, as he was sliding in, and the player seemed to trip over him. Now, if you want to give that as a yellow, fair enough, but I think it was a bit of a joke decision. His second yellow card though was an absolute shambles of a decision from the referee. He jumped up with the player, he had his arm on the shoulder of the defender and as he was jumping it grazed the defender's face. It kind of went down like a a heap of spuds and the referee gave the decision. Unbelievable, what is VAR doing there? Because VAR wasn't even used for this. So surely this is the type of thing that VAR needs to be used for on contentious decisions or game-changing decisions like a red card.
0: Derek and dare I say, it, referee possibly playing to the crowd there. Absolutely,
1: you know, I would have said
0: the the one guy who has been getting all the abuse all game, given the crowd and the the general footballing public that were baying for his blood, giving them exactly what they were looking for: two very soft yellow cards. The second one, you know, an absolute farce. And he got sent off. And that gave all these idiots, you know, that have been given all, all the abuse, all the pleasure in the world that happened. Absolutely disgraced, Eric.
1: Yeah, and that'll be him banned for the next game as well, which yep. is a massive blow. But after that, I think we had a couple of half chances, not on target. They had one shot on target, and that's really how the game ended up. So really, really bitterly disappointed with that. Not the performance we were looking for. I know at the back were thread bearer with the sides and players playing out of position but Sparta really not they were, Derek, no. no they were no no they weren't great shakes at all and no. they they had the better of the chances because it was yep. so easy to get past their defence in the presser the next day Gerard seemed to have a dig at the board stating that we've not spent a penny in the last two windows and we need to have uh, we need to spend big if we want to compete at this level i don't agree with that whatsoever because with the same team as last year We've done a hell of a lot better. We're putting in a lot more effort to these performances. And I think he's completely forgetting is we could have quite easily sold our best players and we retained them. It's these players that are not playing. It's his system that needs to be changed, I think, sometimes as well. And again, with the issue with the, the, the constant changes. So I don't agree with that at all, and he made another comment which we'll get into in, in the news section as well, which I wasn't too happy with either. And it's the start of the the them the biting back when things are not going their own way this season. So uh, I'm not, so I'm concerned about it. I just I'm not too happy with the way they've way they've acted in this one.
0: I'm, I'm thinking about what he said, Gerard, and I was quite surprised with it because we've never heard them coming away with anything like that before. I think Stephen Gerrard knows exactly the financial situation that the club are in. I think he knew that when he came to the club. And I think with the amount of money that has been spent, it's a hell of a lot more than what we would have dreamed of when you know that we're going to be getting spent on players. So I think he knew that. And it, just exactly what you said there, the biggest thing for Rangers this season was keep a hold of all their top players, their top performers, and we've got to remember that two of our biggest performers for last season are both out injured at the moment in Ken and uh, Philip Palander. Now, two huge players for us, Derek. So, Stephen Gerhard Gerrard and his backroom staff, they are tasked with going out and finding talent, Derek. And we've brought in players, we've spent money, we've spent money in Bakuna as well, so they need to take a bit of responsibility. I was a bit disappointed with it as well, Derek, because you're basically throwing some of your players under the bus there slightly because you are the you know the guy that's brought these guys in. You know the likes of Sakala, the, the likes of Bakuna. You know, and into the team. You know, and we're wanting to see. You know, if they're any good or not. And and so far, we've not really seen anything, have we? And it's been the players for the last season. I've done it. So, no, I'm I'm with you, Derek. I don't think he should have came away with a comment like that. A wee bit of sour grapes as well, I think. And we've never really seen him do that before. Uh, so I hope that's not going to be. I hope I, don't, I hope we're not going to be in the position that he's going to have to come away <laughs> with things like that. But. Uh, a wee bit disappointing, Derek.
1: Shall we say? Arguably, see if he had just made sure his players gave left everything out on the field when we played Malmo the, the twice games, it would have had a forty million pound war chest potentially. Yes, then. aye. Well, so you know he's kind of created a rod for his own for his own back that one. However, we'll move on and we'll go into the next and last game, which was Sunday the third of October. It was a two one win at home against Hibs in the Premiership. It was another heart stopping game wasn't it, Steve? <laughs>
0: It certainly was Derek, I was trying not to think about performance here Derek, I just wanted Rangers to go out and win, that was my be all and end all, we needed to win this we wanted to be top of the league, especially with the day before with Hearts winning, they were then above us before we played Hibs, we did not want to drop any points here, a huge game for us, thankfully we won,
1: I'll let you get into it. Yes, yeah, so it was Armed Forces Day as well, so around 200 troops were invited. Uh, there was an abseil down at the Sandy Jarvis yeah, as well, so yeah, always great to see. However, we again made six changes from the sparta Pride game. We lined up McGregor, Patterson, Goldson, Balogun, Barisic, Lundstrom, Kamara, Aribo, Hadji, Wright and Morelos. On the subs bench we had McLaughlin, Tavernier, Bassey, Davis, Bakuna, Roof and Sakala. So, interesting that Patterson started ahead of Tavernier as well.
0: That's right, Derek, and I think there's been a lot made of this as well with the fact that there's an international game coming up and the, the national manager saying that he was wanting to see more of Patterson. Not that I think that that would have any bearing on him playing, but we all know, we've, we've all been wanting to see him play, Derek. We all know that he's a special talent and it is difficult because we've got our captain there who you know has been fantastic for us as well. We've got a young player, so just pleased to see him in and the fact that he's brought him in for such a big game as well Because uh, well, this is a, a huge game Derek So showing you that the manager's showing faith in him uh, is confident And I'm as we all are as well So no I was, I was happy that, that he was in there Just to see what he could do Against one of the better teams in the league
1: It was also maybe giving Tavenier A wee warning as well That you're, you've are you got somebody who is Champing at the bit to get on He's clearly a, a, a massive talent So you know you better up your game as well
0: Possibly, Derek. I mean, they, they, they always say that, uh, that the competition is good for places. The fact that these two are fantastic players, uh, you know, it is difficult because it's not a position that you can play. The two of them on the field at the one time. I've heard all this nonsense about, well, why don't we put Parson in and play Tav on the right wing? But it, it just it, it wouldn't work, I don't think, Derek. It's not. He's, Tav's not that type of player. Uh, so I mean it is a, a, a difficult position, but again it shows you that uh, you know we do have these two fantastic players in the team, and you know nobody's position safe, and you know it's, it's, it's great, it's great for competition. So, and uh, as I say, I'm not I'm I'm not making too too much uh, of uh, what the national manager said about him, uh, you know, going in, but again showing that he can play at the top level, and, and he has done before Derek, especially in big big games in Europe, and. Great
1: player that he is. Yeah. So the game itself in the first half, I've actually written down here that it was pretty much the same as every other game this season so far. But <laughs> actually, I don't think it really was because we haven't been, I wouldn't say dominated, but we were certainly the second best team in, in the game because we started off the, the first eight minutes fairly brightly uh, within 10 and then Hibs got their goal. And then, as I said, we were the second best team after that. The Hibs goal came on the eighth minute. And it was Hibbs down the right, Barisic backing off. I can't take it away. It was a great cross into the box. But three, three of our defenders right yes. beside each other, not marking anyone, and a free yep. header into the back of the net. Now, firstly, Barisic it was atrocious defending. Your first job is to stop crosses coming in. He just backed off and backed off and allowed them to put that cross in. Granted, it was a great cross. But why were three players in the same position defending absolutely nobody?
0: I think that was what was worse for me, Derek. It wasn't the fact that, you know, the cross was was allowed to come in. It was the fact that we've got, again, an international striker, Derek. I mean, I know he's not played much, but yes, he's played for his country, the boy N- Nisbet. We all know he's very good in the air. And for him to be allowed to stand in the middle of the box with nobody marking him, and he take all the time in the world just to put... A header on the ball and direct into the goal. It's absolutely criminal marking. All of them should have had a rocket up their arse for that one. Absolutely shocking. And as you say, after that, Derek, Hibs looked in control. They really did.
1: Absolutely. That said, I mean, as much as we were in control, no team had any real chances after that. However, we seemed to drop the pace after yep. their goal. We went into a shell. Hibs by far the better team. They looked up for it. They knew it was a top of the table clash. We, on the other hand, looked completely disinterested. I felt. However, probably the cha- well, definitely the changing point of the game was a straight red card for Ryan Porteous on the thirtieth minute. Another shocking, reckless high challenge over the ball with the studs clearly shown as well by him. The guy is a liability. There is a decent player in there, but he lets himself down. And a lot of people have been talking about, oh, this is only like the fourth red card he's got. Well, it's no the point because he's got away with a lot as well. <laughs> Hibs and Celtic fans all claim that it was a fine challenge or a yellow at most. Nearly every, every pundit agrees it was a reckless challenge and a definite red. Of course, Michael Stewart and Tam McManus had to be different and claim it wasn't a red. Some tried to use the excuse of a, an example of lunge earlier on in the game where, granted, he did lunge at pace and have two feet off the ground, which, by the way, isn't in the rules. It doesn't say that you can. You have to have well, at least one foot on the ground. However, in that challenge, his leg was bent, his studs were down, and it was low, and he got plenty of the ball as well. He never went over the top of the ball. He went through the ball. That's the big difference why Lundstrom never got a card at all or a foul against him, because it was tell actually me, a great challenge.
0: Tell me something, Derek. Tom McManus and Michael Stewart, there must be some sort of connection. The two of them m- m- maybe play for a specific team. One specific team that the two of them played for. Hibs. So there you go. So two ex-Hibs players coming out and saying that the boys should never have got sent off. What a surprise, Derek. It was a shocking ch- challenge. Every time he plays us, there is always some sort of a shocking challenge that he puts in against us. It was about time that there was action taken. He could have endangered the player's blooming career with that tackle. If he'd have made full contact, that'd have been. I'd, I'd, I'd hate to have seen what, what had happened. It was reckless. It was shocking. It was a straight red card. Anybody that turns around and said that wasn't a red card, you absolutely need your head seen to. It. it was shocking. And he got everything he deserved. Like you, Derek, I believe there is a good player in there, but absolutely terrible. And what I said as well, and I'll stick to it, could you imagine the uproar in the media if that had been Alfredo Morelos that had made that tackle on somebody?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was... You, you know exactly what would be said about that. I mean, Jack Ross, after the game, to his credit, he, he did come out and say, I didn't I, I didn't think it was a, a, a red in my first viewing. I've watched it back. I still don't think it's a red, but I can see why the referee's given it. So yes. he's been very diplomatic there, and I think it was kind of code that, yeah, I know that should have been a red card. However, incredibly, Hibbs did appeal, uh, and despite... <sighs> Despite what Jack Ross said, unsurprisingly, the appeal was thrown out. So, yes. for a change, that they, they actually, the SFA got uh, quick off their arse De- in this one. yeah. So, Hibbs taking Scott Allen off to change things and they made it a wee bit more defensive. And initially, they did start to get back into a wee bit more of a rhythm. However, in the last five minutes of the half... We were relentless. We had a lot of pressure put on Hibbs, corner after corner, shot after shot, but nothing fall falling sweetly for us. Hibs were getting players in the right positions at the right times yeah. and still couldn't force the keeper into a major save. One of the times we didn't actually want half time to come because we were completely on the on the ascendancy. Yeah. We needed to show a lot more of what we've seen in the last five minutes in the second half. Pretty much like every single game, we've needed to show a lot more in the second half. However, in the second half, a much, much better performance. Wouldn't have been hard, to be honest. It was expected of us as well. However, we still made heavy weather of it, I felt. We had all the possession, but struggled to break break down that defence. We were going in more direct and through the middle for a change, which was really good to see. However, there were many times when we played ourselves into trouble going that way, and it was clear that the space was wide and we refused to pass there. I think Hibbs only had one chance in the second half. I haven't noted it because it obviously clearly wasn't significant enough. Yes. And fortunately, and I'm glad this time, as we made an early substitution on the 55th minute where Kamara came off and Roof came on. And within four minutes... Roof made an instant impact because he made it 1-1. It was a lovely floated ball from Patterson on the right-hand side of the box. Roof completely in space on the left side of the box, heads it down and into the right-hand side of the net. Brilliant.
0: It was, and it was such a simple goal, Derek. And I think we all sort of, we had a a big sort of inhale of breath because we thought surely that, you know, there'll be offside, there'll be something because he was so free in the box, wasn't he? There was nobody near him. And it was such an easy finish for him. Also, it just seemed like such a simple goal. But it was a fantastic goal. Nathan Patterson, what a great ball in, first of all, Derek. You can't get much more pinpoint than that. The curl, the accuracy on the ball, tremendous. Ruth, just a simple header. He knew exactly what what, what he was doing. And that brought us right, right back into it. That's what we were needing, Derek. And as you say... Credit to the manager for making the substitution and bringing Rufon. That's the Kamar Roof that we want to see, Derek, isn't it? Clinical, finding space, making a difference, and we were back on level terms at that point. Superb stuff.
1: I mean, here you hate him and he scored two goals in the games we've covered tonight, yeah?
0: Exactly, Derek. Um, <laughs> when have I ever said that I hate him?
1: You know what I mean, Dave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth, Derek. I can be critical of players when I believe that they can be a lot more, and he has done on quite a few occasions. But I am also ready to eat my words if he comes up with a huge performance. And that was a very important goal and a, a very well taken goal as well, Derek. And, and like I said, that's the type of player that we want to see playing for us.
1: Absolutely. So we kept on plugging away, there was some really good passage of play in, but we just lacked that final killer ball in the final third story of the season again. We did start to make their keeper work and our best chance to that point was on the 73rd minute with an outstanding quick one-touch move, probing into the box and then Hadji getting the ball on the right, cuts to the middle, creates a gap and has a great shot but an equally great save from the keeper to put it out for the corner. However, we didn't need to make, wait long and we finally got that second goal on the 78th minute with Morelis scoring. patient build-up, Barisic gets the ball on the left, crosses deep into the box and Morelis drops his marker and headers the ball into the back of it. net, another great goal a fantastic cross as well one of the few good crosses he'd done all game
0: Yep, Barisic, excellent balling as you say Derek and the man that I do love Derek, the man that I never ever 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 criticise for anything that he does because I just think he's amazing. Scores a great goal, winning goal. I was absolutely d- delighted Derek, I knew that this was a huge game for us, I knew that this was a must win and going from us being one down and not playing well to completely changing it I thought we did play well in the second half Derek, not, again still not to the standard That we are looking for But a hell of a lot better We really put Hibs under pressure Right for the start of the game And finally it paid off Absolutely delighted for Morelos again To score against Hibbs, And you know the noise inside Ibrox Absolutely brilliant also And you know giving us that, that lead For the first time in the game Tremendous
1: yeah. After that we made a couple of changes And then we, we saw the game So I mean a massive massive three points for, yep. for that there I mean by no means does that game Win us the title or anything like that Even if we lost the game by no means It would have ended the season However much like last year When we were We had just gotten beaten off St Murden in the cup We were 1-0 down for a majority of the game Against Motherwell and we Motherwell, came back yep. to win 2-1
0: and that changed things for for us in my opinion, Derek.
1: Yep. There were so many hallmarks and it was round about the same time in the season as well, yep. if I can remember right. And that this game has got all the hallmarks of this, even bigger so because it was Hibs who were flying high. They've been matching us and hearts all season so far. A massive, massive game, and hopefully yep. that will give the team the belief that they can go in and do this. And you've seen the reaction from Gerard at the end of the game, He was going mental because, you know, he knew how much of an important game this was?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we all did, Derek. I know. Again, we're maybe we're looking for perfection. I am trying to sort of lower my expectations slightly, not not too much, but I was just looking for a, a much improved performance and a victory. And certainly in the second half, that's what I, I saw. So I was I was delighted with that, Derek.
1: Yes, so it leaves us in the league, played 8, won 6, drawn 1, lost 1, scored 14, conceded 6, goal difference plus 8 and we're on 19 points. 1 point ahead of Hearts just now, 4 ahead of Hibs, 5 ahead of Motherwell and Dundee United and importantly 6 ahead of Celtic just now. So a massive gap already, again yep. it's you know a couple of results either way, it could change it so by no means is this a, a defining point. We've not been playing well, largely, but still getting results. Exactly. Again, though, there is only so many times we can get away with playing badly and still getting results. So that's the one thing we've got to be mindful of. And what I was talking about earlier with Gerard is that he was in a presser. He was asked about the, the team being in, you know, subpar performances. And he snapped back about us being top of the league and said, is that not what you want? Beale also replied to a tweet after the Hibs game because it was criticising our form. The tweet didn't even tag Beal in. It mentioned him, but it didn't tag him in. And Beal snapped back about the guy should start supporting the team and stop criticising. Again, what I was talking about with uh, Gerard in respect of the the, the talk about transfer money, I found it very, very petty and unprofessional from the management.
0: I I was as surprised as you, Derek, that that happened because usually... We sort of pride ourselves on not getting involved with stuff like that. So I was a bit d- disappointed in that. I am all one for doing the talking on the field, and you know, not having to try and and justify things, especially on so- social media. I, I don't think there's any need for it. And I was I was quite disappointed that he felt the need to come out and 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 make make that wee comment. You know,
1: I mean, I get there's a whole thing about you need to protect your players in the media. You don't want to criticize your players, and I get. Yes, we've not been playing great and we are still top of the league, but as I've said before, there will come a point when we come a cropper with that one. I mean, I think the Motherwell game earlier on this season was a good case in point by not playing well, not killing teams off. Arguably, you could say we were maybe lucky not to to go down in the, this game again. The 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 red card changed the Hibs game, you know. So these certain things that do kind of top up. No, I'm not even comparing us to last year because last year was a complete anomaly. I I, I think, and I think people have got to start realising that that's not the norm. And as much as we always strive to be like that, it's never going to happen every single season. This year in Europe so far, I would say we've been dreadful, and I would say. We've only played for 90 minutes once this season, and that was against Celtic. Yeah. So we've got to be mindful, the performances haven't been there. I was disappointed with the reactions from, from the management and t- on yep. Twitter and in pressers. I don't know, is that a wee bit of pressure starting to show on them now?
0: <sighs> Possibly. I mean, God, Derek, you're putting, me, you're putting me in a downer now, man. I was feeling <laughs> quite positive. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know if it wasn't for the fact that Dundee missed the penalty with the drop points there, if it wasn't for the fact that my reporters got sent off, we might know I won that game in there. You put, you put me in a total down on me, man. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I, like I said, we cannot judge for last season. Last season, I keep saying it, two of our biggest performers last season are both out for us, in Kent and, Ken and Hellander, right? And they are huge misses for us. I don't care what anybody said. Ryan Kent on his day is one of the best players in Scotland, without a shadow of a doubt, attacking players anyway. We miss him. Even when he was playing at the start of the season, Derek, and he wasn't playing well, he was still an outlet. We don't have that at all just now. We have nothing on the left-hand side of attack that's helping us out. and He's he's trying to find a solution there. He's tried to put players into that left-hand side forward position we loads of different players and it's not worked. Even when Ryan Kent was in and he wasn't fully fit or he wasn't on form, it was still a better option than what we've been getting there as well. So we haven't been a full flow in our forward areas at all. Alfredo Morelos maybe be just coming back into form, which is great. Hadji coming back into form again, which is great. Hopefully Roof as well. But we miss Ryan Kent majorly on the left-hand side. And, of course, a huge miss in defence as, as, as Philip Hollander, who, in my opinion, is our best defender in the squad. So I am trying to stay positive here, Derek, even though you're making it difficult. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I am hoping when these players come back, we will be able to start getting back to some of the play that we did have last season. We're not... I, I don't think we've got... We've got big expectations, Derek. I don't think we, we, we thought it was going to be, you know, just a straight carry-on from last season. We do have a lot of players out, but we are looking for that just a wee, wee bit extra. And I feel just even a slight improvement in the team's performances would make a huge difference to the scorelines, I really to do. Well,
1: we'll just need to wait and see how it all all turns out then. Yeah. So, the games to come, we've got obviously a break, the internationals there. Saturday yeah. the 16th of October at home against Hearts in the Premiership. That's our three o'clock kick-off. Thursday, the twenty-first of October, at home against Bromley in the Europa League game three. That's an eight o'clock kickoff. Sunday, the twenty-fourth of October, away against St. Mirren in the Premiership. That's a midday kickoff. Wednesday, the twenty-seventh of October, at home against Aberdeen Premiership. That's a nineteen forty-five kickoff. And to round out October, Sunday, the thirty-first of October, away against Motherwell in the Premiership, and that's another midday kickoff. Yes, so a tight run of games there in the last five games there in the last half of October. So. A lot, yeah. a lot to
0: play. I mean, there is a lot to play for. Some huge games there as well, Derek. Especially in the next league game uh, against Hearts, who are you know just behind us in, in the league table. If we can get a, vi- a victory there, Derek, and open up a gap, that's going to be absolutely massive as well. So next game is massive for us. Here's hope we can get a victory.
1: So oh, now go into the classic match.
2: And then it is the final whistle's gone. Rangers are one. A cup,
1: one so, Dave, you've got going back to 1987,
0: aren't you? Certainly, I'm Derek. I'm going back to an era of a guy who is my hero, still is one of my heroes, Derek, a guy who I worshipped when I was younger. I was only 12 years old when this game took place, and it was when Super Ali was our superstar of our team. Uh, and this game in particular was a game that he set a league goal-scoring record. So when I came across it, I was absolutely delighted that I found it. So uh, the the Rangers team on this day, Chris Woods, Graham Roberts, Stuart Monroe, David McPherson and Terry Butcher. In midfield was Graham Souness, Ian Durant, uh, Robert Fleck, Ali McCoy up front uh, with David Cooper playing on the, the wing. Uh, along with Derek Ferguson in midfield, the player that I missed out there, Derek Ferguson in midfield alongside Terry Butcher. Uh, the Hearts team there as well, some really f- famous names there that I grew up with, uh, you know, when you think of old Hearts teams, Henry Smith, Whitaker, Sandy Jardin was in there, McDonald, Kenny Black, Sandy Clark, John Robertson, John Cahoon and Foster for Hearts. So, you know, a lot of w- w- well-known Players playing in that game, international players also in the Hearts team. But uh, the game kicked off, early chance though. Rangers really going for it uh, right for the start of the Graham. Graham Sunnis with a fantastic sort of lob dinked ball to the edge of the box to Robert Fleck. He races in. To get at the end of the ball But a dive and save by Henry Smith Manages to get the ball away from his feet And out of danger area A few minutes later, Ali McCoy Then receives the ball inside the box He shoots across the face of the goal And deflects just out from the corner Really unlucky there But from that corner on the 10th minute Rangers took the lead and a
2: chance for Roberts And McCoy's thundered in Rangers The celebrations begin around the stadium. The goal that these Rangers fans are looking for. Ali McCoy's overjoyed his 35th of the season and significantly his 31st lead goal. Breaking a record that stood for more than 20 years from Jim Forrest. So it came from the corner just watched Graham Roberts attack the ball for this header. Thundering it in. It's cleared off the line by Kenny Black. There's McCoy's and Smith couldn't keep it out.
0: It was a corner in from the left-hand side, a bullet header by Graham Roberts. It was a fantastic dive and save from Henry Smith, straight out to Ali McCoy's, right in front of goal. And the poacher king is not going to miss for there. And he thundered the ball past Henry Smith into the net to make it his 31st league goal for Rangers uh, in the season. Sorry, And a new record set at that stage. But it was early in the game, there was still plenty to come. Graham Soonest then, after that, on the edge of his own box, he wins the ball back. And he just, all these players round about him, one turn in the most calmest pass you've ever seen. First touch, through ball pass to Ian Durant, who runs right to the edge of the harps box. He slides the ball back. To Robert Fleck, across to Ali McCoy, he shoots and it's saved and out for a corner. Fantastic counter-attack started off by that incredible pass for Graham Souness. Then a chance again, David Cooper down the left-hand wing, he dances past one defender, crosses the ball into McCoy, with a snap shot that's cleared by the defender, out for a corner. From that corner, header for Terry Butcher. Back out to Robert Fleck, he shoots just over the bar, really unlucky there. Then a chance for Hearts, one of the few, free kick into the box, Sandy Jabden with a header, straight at Chris Woods, thankfully. Then another chance, Ali McCoy's down the left wing, cross into the box, this time for McCoy's to Derek Ferguson, he heads it down for soon he hits it on the half volley. Technique was there just over the bar, so unlucky there that that was the last chance of the first half, so the Rangers really are in control in this one, Ali McCoist breaking the league goal scoring record in the first half there, but second half still to come, couple of half chances early in the game for Hearts, they were trying to get some, something back, but uh, both sort of, two sort of snap shots, both claimed by Chris Woods, just in the first sort of two minutes but then with only three minutes into the second half, Ali McCoy gets his second and Rangers second of the game
2: Ian Durant himself will take the corner kick Butcher waits up goes Butcher off the post There was McCoy showing his Butcher's
0: instincts on the goal line And it's 2-0 to Rangers Corner in by Ian Durant Low on the right Diving header by Terry Butcher And it was a low save by Henry Smith Back out to Ali McCoy And there he is again for about 2 yards With a head this time on the deck Diving header by McCoy Bounces in over Smith Into the back of the net 2-0 to Rangers 2 goals for Super Ali that's the Ali McCoy's that we know. Like I said, poacher extraordinaire. And then Rangers pressure, constant pressure, cross in, cleared another cross in from Ian Durant, headed up by Ali McCoy's, lands to Davey McPherson. He hits his shot in past Henry Smith. Everybody jumps up, but the referee and the linesman had given offside, really un- unlucky there. He was just offside and no more. And then Ali McCoist. Really unlucky another chance because it was Derek Ferguson a low cross and a diving header again by Ali McCoist he was pulled you could see that his shirt was pulled the linesman had given offside really unlucky they are not to score his third goal but denied again unfortunately then another sort of half chance by Hearts, low shot by Robertson but again straight at Chris Woods thankfully and then on the sixty first minute. Rangers get the third goal, and who else to get his hat trick on this special day but Ali McCoyst? Black back towards McCoyst,
2: challenging Kenny Black. The strike, the right hand of Kenny Black, and a penalty kick has been given, yes! The referee checking with his linesman. It's handball here by Kenny Black. Now there's the indication of referee Alan Ferguson as Black handled the ball. I'm sure it'll be Ali McCoy who will take this giving him the chance for his second hat-trick of the season first put against St. Martin at Love Street in February
0: Robert Fleck gets the ball in the heart's half. Chips the ball through for Ali McCoist. He's in a race with Kenny Black. The ball sort of bounces just as the two of them run into the box. Kenny Black puts his arm out. The ball bounces straight off his arm. Clear as day. Penalty to Rangers. And who else steps up to take it but Super Ali? He fires it in high into the top corner to get his hat-trick for Rangers. And the three goals... Also for Rangers, winning 3-0. Then right at the end of the game, last, last sort of chance of the game, chance for Robert Fleck. He latches onto a pass back, fires straight at Smith. The ball jumps up. He hits it on the rebound. Unfortunately, it hits the ball past. He really should have scored to that one. Really unlucky. But the game was well over by that stage. The referee blew the final whistle and who else to get mad of the match but the new all-time league goal-scoring record holder, Super Ali McCoyce with the hat trick. Absolutely fantastic to see this game back. I had forgotten all about it. I was only twelve at the time. That was when I was, you know, Ali McCoy was my hero. Absolutely sensational to, to watch it back. Some great players then as well. Graham Sewis, absolutely tremendous. David Cooper, outstanding as always. So again, if you get the chance to go back and watch the game, please do. It brought back a lot of real fond memories for me.
1: Yes, just McCoy's absolute genius. I mean I would say the only equivalent we've really had to him as a goal scorer, out and out poacher, is is Chris Boyd. And you know how deadly he was. And, you know, the teams struggle to get players like that. And they're, they're a rare gem, aren't they? There,
0: there, there is, Derek. And, you know, McCoy still be a hero. He was, you know, he was in, instantly recognised. All the Rangers fans all loved him. I think, you know, Boyd didn't really have that sort of personality or that presence on the field and I think and I'm not saying for one instance that he is anything as good as Ali McCoy's but going for goal scoring traits and Instantly recognisable, having a presence on the pitch I think the closest thing that we've got to a player in any way like him is Alfredo Morelos Considering that Alfredo is broken You know, he's beaten Ali McCoy's European goal-scoring record as well So I know it's Alfredo Morelos' love Anytime you speak to Dave, I do realise <laughs> that But you know, Ali McCoy's absolutely sensational Greatest goal-scorer of all time for Rangers And that was just a great game to go back and look at, Derek
1: Yes. So we'll be back with another classic match in the next episode. So it's now time for the news. So, as ever, a few stories to go on here. First, one is a major one because Glenn Kamara has signed an extension until summer of 2025. So, I'm finally glad that that's, that's wrapped up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody probably. else is. It's just Connor go to sort it out now, but only if he gets his arson gear and starts
0: That's right. No, I'm sure they are actively trying to get that done as well, Derek. But that is fantastic news. A player that we've been desperate, you know, for, for us to get signing. Uh, you know, a huge part of our team, especially you know, uh, in the, in the ma- massive games, he's never let us down. Considering the amount of money we've paid for him, you know, absolute pittance. So delighted that he's resigned a new contract f- for us. Absolutely brilliant news.
1: Yeah, and ultimately, we know that bids will probably come from. Uh, does that be bit to push his, push his yes. fee that we, com- yep. we command commands the back up as well. So. Next thing here, a bit of a strange one and need to be careful what we we'll say as well but administrators David Whitehouse and Paul Clark of and Phelps have been ordered to pay the liquidators BDO £3.4 million as Judge Lord Tyre stated that they, they breached their duties while acting as administrators by basically not making players redundant or selling them and also the lease back of the stadium and selling players. A case in point for this is that we got a bid of £1.7 million from West Brom for Stephen Naismith Duffin Phelps turned it down as because he apparently had a minimum release fee clause of £2 million now the financial guy at Duffin Phelps at the time calculated that the offer was actually worth £1.85 million when you factor in the wages that we wouldn't need to pay him in that time and the very max they, they turned it down because they still could have thought they could have got more for him it looks like it's a bit of a hit and miss on that because as much as you want to see Duff and Phelps because clearly, and again I'm going to be watching what I'm seeing, but clearly they were in amongst things. Nobody's going to be able to tell me otherwise that th- there's something that's murky about everything that's happened and especially when they came in as well. However, and them not doing their duties that way, can you imagine us not owning Ibrox just now?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: So a bit of a good story, bad story that one. So uh, it's it's a bit strange, but we'll wait and see if there's anything more to come of that. I think that you know, BDO are still trying to get in as much much money as they can for the the all the other companies and stuff. So. Next one here is that the media ran a story that before getting into bed with the SPFL, Cinch were in negotiations to sponsor and rename Ibrox. Rangers instantly came out and rubbished that, saying that they were not in negotiations for that at all. We only had initial talks with them to discuss commercial opportunities. No, Once again, the media at it again was stretching the truth.
0: Well, again, as, uh, we're going to expect anything else but Derek, let's be honest. But I'm glad that the club came out straight away and rubbish that, though you know, instantly. So that's you know, put put that one to bed anyway.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, since the date for the the date has been set of the twentieth of October for the latest round of court hearings uh, due to the sponsorship deal with uh, us and the SPFL. So I'll be interesting to see what happens with that because it's certainly a a major one, and you know, you've got to think that we've got all our ducks in our own in this one.
0: Certainly
1: hope so Derek Yep Next thing here is John McLaughlin has been called up to the Scotland squad For the latest round of internationals As he should have been Because he's, I think he's Scotland's second best keeper in my opinion And it weirdly drew the ire of SNP, MP and St Johnson fan Gavin Newlands as he believes that Xander Clark has been in better form Well I don't know Can you really say that?
0: Absolute nonsense Derek, you know, but big Xander Clark, he had his day. He took two big occasions last year. But for actually looking at who's the actual better goalkeeper, there's there's no question. I think in it, hardly anybody's mind. That, eh, that John McLaughlin's the better goalkeeper. I think the, the, the only thing that's been you know stopping John McLaughlin be, being Scotland's first choice goalkeeper is that he's not guaranteed to play every single week for Rangers. That's all that, that there is. But when it comes down to it, we know that he's good enough to be in goals for Rangers and to be in goals for Scotland as well. So nonsense.
1: Yeah. Hearts and Motherwell were seeking answers as to why Rangers and Celtic were not having any away fans in their stadium and as we suspected it was all down to the red zone which the joint response group have agreed to scrap so now we can have away fans in the stadium. Hearts have been given just under a thousand tickets for their up and coming match against us, some Hearts fans think there should be more. I mean, I don't know why, because it's the same amount of away fans uh, that the away teams got pre-pandemic anyway. So their glory hunter plastic fans that they have can <laughs> absolutely do a bolt on that one, can't they?
0: <laughs> again, no. See, uh, see, if the said they could have five thousand, Derek, they would have been complaining that they were needing more. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's just again, it's, it's any, any excuse just to have a pop, really. Let's let's be honest.
1: I mean, this is what these fans, these fans don't understand, and Saint Marnov kind of laid it bare as well today. They came out and said exactly how much you know they they get at least three guaranteed home games where Rangers or Celtic attend their stadium, and it's worth to them one hundred and twenty thousand pounds, yep. and that's given the two stands to, to ourselves. So, you know, these fans who claim they want more and they want us to cut, uh, they want their own club to cut our allocation, they don't actually understand how much monetary value it means to their club. It's massive. That's why Livingston, they, you know, they, when they can't sell out their own stadium when Rangers and Celtic come to town, they give Rangers and Celtic three of the yeah. four stands.
0: And it, it shows you as well, Derek, how many of the smaller clubs when we were down playing in the lower leagues, how much money that we, we have given these clubs as well. You know, an absolute lifeline that the Rangers fans gave all the smaller clubs in the second and the third and the, you know sorry, in the, the second, the first and the championship, you know, we, we came back into in the, the the Premier League. It must have been absolutely massive if a Premier League club like uh, St Martin are, you know, are, are releasing these figures. What kind of Money is that worth? You know, what's that worth to the small the the smaller clubs out there? Our, our our fan base is is huge for for all these other clubs. Don't let anybody tell you any different.
1: Exactly. Next story here: vaccine passports. Before the Hibs game, at Rangers said that you will need one based on the government advice. Then they clarified that the it's a test event because the government had put the the date for. Really, it was the enforcement of it uh, back, back until the 18th of October, and they also said that you'll not be refused permission if you don't have one. This is where the whole thing gets an absolute, an absolute joke, is I was at my first gig last night for the first time in about two years. I was at the Hydro to AC Genesis. And you were queuing up outside the door, which was fine before the doors opened. You weirdly got a handheld um, handheld metal detector for every single person going in. I don't know why they just ever had the wee boxes that you normally go through at the airports. And then there was a wee guy in the inside vestibule before you got your actual ticket scanned who was meant to be collecting and scanning your vaccine passports. he taken about three or four and he got so bogged down with it, people just coming in the door, he effectively gave up. Yeah, there is th- these events are meant to be getting used as test things. Now it it's
0: it, it's going to be impossible, Derek. Let's let's be honest with the amount of people going, especially in a football game where The vast majority of people go in into stadium. But you know, with fifteen minutes to go, it's going to be impossible to to get this done. You, you know, what it is? They, they they really need to have a major rethink about how it's going to work, because uh, it's it, it's going to be absolutely impossible to do.
1: And see what the bigger farce was, there was a pre-recorded message last night saying that you you have to wear a mask all throughout the performance unless you're eating, unless you're exempt, <clears> unless you're drinking or unless you're dancing
0: Right, so, so were you dancing last night Derek? I, I, what was you're
1: me? My, I was dancing my little socks off You know? <laughs> I,
0: I, I bet you were, and, and, and did you enjoy your concert Derek?
1: It was fantastic, yes
0: so here's the next question for you. See if the Pope thought that he was going to be getting Genesis to <laughs> meet him on stage. Do you think he would come to the cocktail? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> oh, Dave, you've outdone yourself there. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, can't can't help help, help myself, and, you, and and you're impressed There's nothing, no religious connotations at all. Any time that I've mentioned the Pope on the on on the podcast tonight, there you go. It's yes. so all been about music.
1: So the last thing I've got to talk about here.
0: <laughs> sorry, where right, you go?
1: Rangers are being going to be holding Several f- fan engagement Drop-in sessions That aims at those Who don't use Social or digital Media platforms Fantastic okay. idea I think there's a lot Of people out there That don't get to know About what Rangers are up to And what they're doing I'm pretty sure If I ask my dad Who doesn't really take much In a do with Any of the social media stuff I'll be amazed If he knows things Like Edmonston House And all that kind of thing To be yes. honest mm. There is only one problem With it It was announced Via their website And Twitter oh. <laughs> so i kind of i kind of don't understand that they've announced it via digital <laughs> media platforms so how are people who are not on mailing lists not going to understand how get it so
0: yeah that's a bit of a strange one i mean i'd like to think after that it would possibly be word of mouth there eh? you, you 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 would like to think but that's <laughs> that's a bit that's a bit of, that's, that's a bit of a funny one that one
1: so Man steals three-foot-tall dildo from Las Vegas sex shop. <laughs> a man has been caught on camera walking into a sex shop in Las Vegas and nicking a three-foot-tall dildo. The masked man was man's brazen robbery, which took place on the fourteenth of July, was caught on CCTV footage at Deja Vu Love Boutique <laughs> in, in Vegas. In the clip, the man could be seen entering the shop in broad daylight before approaching the whopper of a fake penis (laughs) and picking it up. He casually puts it over his shoulder and makes his way out of the store. The giant member, which is called Moby, (laughs) Moby. is worth almost $2,000. What? Speaking to HuffPost, an employee at the store said the man whose face was covered just picked it up and walked out with it. Moby. Moby. After exiting the shop, the man got into his car and drove off with the item which weighs a hefty 18 kilograms. The store has shared the footage in the hopes of catching the thief and has even offered a $2,000 reward for information led- leading to Moby's return. Moby! <laughs> <That's quality. laughs> Surely it's not going to be an easy thing to hide if the cops do come knocking. <laughs>
0: Unless <laughs> he uses it as a drafting scooter.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh, why do people do these things?
0: Exactly, yeah. So, only o- 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 it's, it's usually America or China that, that you, you get your stories to, Derek.
1: I'm not making comment where I get my sources from.
0: <laughs> Again.
1: <laughs> so, on that note, we will end the podcast. So as ever, if you want to check out more of our stuff, you can go to the usual podcast outlets as well as our website, which is ireadypodcast.wordpress.com. Still haven't updated it, so this season's podcast so far haven't really been updated. So I'll get around to it at some point, maybe at the end of the year.
0: Maybe, yeah,
1: uh, maybe. So all that's really left to say is enjoy the international break as much as you can, Dave. I'm sure you'll enjoy it at your hospitality. <laughs>
0: I oh, will. I'll enjoy the event, Derek. Like I say, I'm not holding out much hope enjoying the actual game, but I'll enjoy the. <laughs> I'll enjoy the event.
1: So, thanks for listening and goodbye.
0: We'll be back soon, folks. Take care and bye bye. And the
2: stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Brace yourself. Rangers are coming!